2: and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important.
1: Damian Lillard.
2: That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Thanks for joining us
0: on Sports Business Radio. This week's edition of Sports Business Radio is presented by Roan, the official menswear company of Sports Business Radio. Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable performance driven clothing for men. Roan is offering sports business radio listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to roan.com. That's R H O N E.com and enter promo code SBR15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. I am loving my commuter shirts and pants, my spar joggers, and my rain tech hoodies during the fall months. Again, go to Rhone. R-H-O-N-E.com and our promo code SBR15 at checkout to save. This week's guest on Sports Business Radio is Adrian Gonzalez. He's an Olympian, former Major League Baseball first baseman with the Rangers, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Mets. He was the number one overall pick in the 2000 Major League Baseball draft. He's now a serial entrepreneur, one of the founders of 5MX. He has some really insightful things to say about why Major League Baseball players aren't marketed better, say, like NBA players are. He tells us what he'd change about baseball if he were Major League Baseball commissioner for the year. He has some really good ideas there as well. And he's appearing at the Los Angeles Innovation Conference. It's at SoFi Stadium. It's tomorrow, November 9th. If you want to register and go to that conference and go see Adrian speak on a really interesting panel uh by entrepreneurs you can go to lasports.org lasports.org and look for the innovation conference registration I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs Griggs how are you
1: I'm doing great and uh, Adrian has some fascinating things to say I love his take on baseball and uh, its current state and you know he's played in some great teams and great organizations and he's got some good stories and you know another guy that's you know, expanded beyond the field and has uh, done some great things and doing some great things in his entrepreneurship and everything he's got going. So, fun interview with Adrian today.
0: Well, I won't give away what he says, but I'll tell you what, I've never had a Major League Baseball player on this show who's been more critical of Major League Baseball for how difficult they make it to market the players. So, you know, I've always wondered why don't we see more commercials with Mike Trout or Mookie Betts or Justin Verlander, some of these star players? He pretty much answers that question, and it wasn't the answer I was expecting. Um, It's not laziness. It's other reasons. So he really does a good job of outlining that, and I think our audience will find that interesting as well. And then, like I said, if he were commissioner for a day, what were some of the things that he would change? I found those interesting, too. Anytime you can get the perspective of someone who's been on the field and played the game for as long as Adrian Gonzalez has at that elite level. It's always fascinating stuff, Griggs.
1: Yeah, I agree. And thats uh, I think that's the cool part is getting that take from the the person that's been there. You know, he's been there, he's been in organizations, he's seen it and played it and uh, has some great insight. So I love his takes.
0: Let's get to our Sports Business Radio headlines. Speaking of Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros win the World Series in six games. They defeat the Philadelphia Phillies. Griggs, the average viewing audience on Fox was about 12 million viewers through the six games. I am very happy for Dusty Baker, 73 years old. He had won 2,093 regular season games, the most of any manager who had not won a World Series. And now he's a World Series champ. He's a really good guy. He's a future Hall of Famer. How can you not be happy for Dusty Baker?
1: Yeah, I mean, what a fun character. And I love his uh, superstition stuff. You always see different headbands <laughs> and things on his wrists and how he sits and where he looks and who he talks to. I love that stuff. And like you said, long drought for him, not winning a World Series. And he found the right team. Houston just dominated. I think they're, they're the best team all year. They've been the best team all year. Uh, I saw him destroy my Mariners. So I, I know that they, uh, they deserve the win. And Dusty Baker, I'm happy for him.
0: I mean, their starting pitching is ridiculous. They had a no-hitter in game four, a combined no-hitter. But, you know, timely hitting and great pitching is going to get it done. The Phillies, you know, the 60, they barely got into the playoffs. What a run for them. But, you know, you run into a team like Houston, and, and this is a case where the best team all season long was the Houston Astros, and that's who was in the winner's circle at the end. So it kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, The Phillies played really well up until they ran into that buzzsaw pitching staff. But uh, some other news from the series Mattress Mac. He's like a household name at this point. He always puts down big bets on sporting events. He won $75 million with the Astros win. It's the largest win for a sports bet in the history of sports betting. So Mattress Mac was very, very happy. I don't know if you saw the video on social media, but Jump it up and down. And, uh, you know, he has money to lose, but that's a big win for him $75 million. It's a big win for anyone.
1: Yeah, that is uh, massive. I mean, you talk about people that have luck. I think this guy knows how to play it, man. He has won some big jackpots over the years. But like you said, he has money to throw at it. So he can really put down a bunch of money, which usually gives you a better return. But, man, he knows how to pick it. And uh, his celebration videos are pretty fun.
0: This is what I'm going to call my Nostradamus sports bet of the year. So a guy walks into a sports book. I think it was MGM in April. Start of the baseball season. Puts down $50. You and I could afford 50 bucks. We put down 50 bucks. We do that with underdog fantasy. Right. $50. His bet is the Astros will beat the Phillies in the World Series. Griggs off his $50 bet. Guess how much you won. Oh god.
1: I'm going to say uh 3 million.
0: Well, not that not that much. $125,000, oh. which <laughs> is still pretty good after yeah. <laughs> after only putting down $50. But how in the world do you walk into a sports book in April and know that the Astros are going to beat the Phillies? And I know, crazy. you know, people put down crazy prop bets all the time, but to put that bet down and win 125k off of $50 to me, that might be Nostradamus bet of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't have luck. I can put a quarter in a machine and I'll somehow lose money on it. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I I just, these guys that walk in and can pick these things six, seven months ahead and win money, it's baffling to me.
0: All right, our next headline. This is a big one. We've been talking about this on the show for a while. Washington Commander's owner, Dan Snyder, has hired Bank of America to explore a sale. Finally, now, he hasn't said he's going to sell the team. He's exploring a sale, but that's still uh, a bigger step than he was willing to take before, where he wouldn't even explore the sale. Griggs, names are coming out of the woodwork, but the group that seems to be the leading candidate, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, Jay-Z, and all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey, How about that (laughs) for a group? Nice. I mean, you got some interesting characters in that group. I want to see that group win. So Bezos and Jay-Z had a two-hour dinner in L.A. this week. And McConaughey wants into that group. Other potential buyers, Byron Allen, who is a billionaire, and he tried to buy the Denver Broncos, didn't get that because the Walton family outbid him. RG three who played for the commanders for four season says he wants to be part of a group. He certainly can't afford the team by himself. Kevin Durant, a native of the DMV. He wants in on a group. We don't know what group he'd be tied to. A lot of times you say, I want to be a part of a group and then you tie yourself to what looks like it could be the winning group, which again, that Bezos, Jay-Z, Matthew McConaughey group is going to be a tough one to beat with all the money that Bezos has. Um, And then Josh Harris, who owns stakes in the Sixers, the New Jersey Devils and Crystal Palace of the Premier League. He's another name in the mix. Griggs, you know that Commissioner Roger Goodell and everyone would love to have new ownership of that group because there's been so much controversy around Dan Snyder. Um, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, is the first owner to kind of put his name on the criticism of Dan Snyder, saying it might be a good idea if he sold the team. But a lot of people are saying this team could go for six to seven billion dollars, which would be the highest amount ever paid for a sports team in the U.S. So it's not like Dan Snyder is going to walk away empty handed after selling the commanders.
1: Yeah, look, it's an iconic team, iconic brand, great fan base, cool stadium. Um, I think that first group. I mean, Jay Z's already got to deal with the NFL for the music he does, right. and I think he's an easy. And obviously, Bezos got the money. And then, all right, all right, all right, loves football. We've seen him at the Texas Longhorn games. He's out there, and at, and at Austin FC too, pumping the crowd up. I mean, he's yep. definitely a sports fan. I think that would be a fun group to have, and a great group for that team because I think. It's just an iconic brand. It's just uh, it's a fun uh, organization. I think they need to move on. This is a good move. They need to obviously get some good blood going and get this moving in the right direction. So I'm all for that first group, but it'll be fun to see how, uh, how it comes out.
0: All right. Another team could be hitting the market. Fenway Sports Group has put Liverpool FC, which they've owned since 2011, Uh, On the market, the team is valued at $4.45 billion. You might recall that LeBron James has a 2% stake in Fenway Sports Group, so he's a very minority owner of uh, Liverpool FC, but this is another team, Griggs, that will command a, a pretty penny on the open market.
1: You know, it's crazy. We just talk about all these teams and organizations for sale. It seems like that never used to happen. People would own teams forever. Now it's like every season we're talking about new groups being sold, new ownership, new stadiums. There's so much money being moved in these uh, organizations. And uh, it's always fun to follow the stories just to see where they end up and who ends up owning them.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the LSU-Alabama game on Saturday? To me, the two best games of the year were Alabama-Tennessee earlier in the year and now Alabama-LSU. I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan, but I give him all the credit in the world for going for two. I think he knew that the more he gave Bryce Young back the ball, the more you know Alabama was going to score every time they had the ball. They were at home. Um, The team was hot. They had momentum. So he went for the two. Um, I'm not a big fan of going for two in that situation, but against a team like Alabama where you just can't make mistakes. You got to go for the win. You can't go, you can't play not to lose. You got to play aggressive and and play to win. I'm not a huge fan of the analytics and going forward on fourth and five and, you know, getting cutesy and all this stuff, take the field goals, which by the way, if Alabama had just kicked two extra points instead of going for two, two point conversions, you never have overtime in the first place. But I give Brian Kelly a lot of credit. I mean, that's why you signed Brian Kelly if you're LSU is. In your first year there, you beat Alabama. You make a gutsy call like that. You have job security, so you know you're not going to get fired if you lose that game. You're going to be there a long time, so why not?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I love that. I love his call, and yeah, risky, but I agree. You can't give Bryce Young and Alabama more chances. Nick Saban and that crew knows how to win games, and if you keep giving them opportunities to win games, they're going to win the game. So, Uh, But it's must-watch TV. Anytime you got a good SEC battle like that, you know, down in LSU country. Man, that was a fun game. It's fun to watch. You can just see the coaches going back and forth and the, you know, just oh, I just love it. You can just feel the energy. So that was a fun one.
0: So I tweeted out this week and I know some people may disagree with me and you play for the love of the game and you play for your teammates and I get all that. But if I'm Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, I shut it down right now. I mean, you've seen what happened to Tua. Uh, you you've seen college football players get injured. Alabama cannot win the national championship any longer. They're, they're eliminated essentially with two losses. So I I don't know, you know, I know you're playing for your teammates. You're playing for the love of the game, but Bryce young has won the Heisman trophy. He's done everything you can do at Alabama I'd shut it down, and I wouldn't risk getting hurt, and I'd prepare for the NFL draft. Am I being ridiculous, Griggs?
1: It's a smart take. I saw that tweet, and I'm like, you know, I, I have to agree because he's such a talent, and like you said, he's got the national title, he's got the Heisman, he's done all the record breaking he's done there at Alabama already. And football is such a dangerous sport, and the quarterbacks get hit every play almost now. I mean, yep. you just can't ex- you can't. Take well, and he broken. runs right, and he runs. You can't take a broken broken leg or a busted knee into the draft. It's not going to help you. So I, I agree. I think why not put him on the bench.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch out. All right. The last headline, and and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this. Uh, it really really's bothered me. Kyrie Irving. I mean, this is a guy who, for years, has been a distraction. Um, he's a great talent. He's won a championship. He hit a big shot with the Cavs in Game 7 against the Warriors. And you know, that was his his highlight moment. But ever since he went to the Celtics and left the Cavs, and and now he's on the Nets, this guy has been one distraction after the other, and I would say has tainted the brands of the brands he's been associated with. Um, he, you know, thanks to Earth is flat, he didn't get a COVID vaccine, and and you know let his teammates down. You can say whatever you want about the COVID vaccine, but he let his teammates down um, and has been a distraction. Well, he liked on social media a movie that is appalling. And, you know, I know a lot of people have rented the movie. I don't even want to say the name of the movie because frankly, I'm hoping people don't watch it because it's garbage. Um, it's fiction. It's fiction. It's not a well-made movie and it's not based on fact or truth. And what a lot of people don't understand and, and our company, everything is on the record works with companies on this works with athletes and celebrities on this is even if you like a post, it's seen by many people as an endorsement. If you retweet something, it's seen as an endorsement. It's seen as promotion of that. And, By Kyrie tying himself to this documentary, it's seen as his promotion or endorsement of the documentary. Now, what a lot of normal people would have done or people in a position like his who are making millions and millions of dollars from a high profile entity like the NBA, they would have further watched the documentary and they would have come out and said, you know what? I made a mistake. I apologize. I'm distancing myself from this. I'm gonna take sensitivity training. Um, I'm gonna walk away from this. But I made a mistake. I, I own it, and I should have done more research before I liked this and and you know promoted this and tied myself to this documentary. Not only did he not do that, Greg, he came out and doubled down on his endorsement and was defiant when given the opportunity to apologize. Well, look, if you're Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, or you're Joe Psy, the owner of the Nets, Kyrie Irving is tainting your brand. I mean, when you have people sitting courtside or you have sponsors who are coming out in opposition of the NBA and the Nets because of Kyrie Irving, that is tainting your brand. Now, Kyrie Irving is serving a five-game minimum suspension. He has six items that he must complete in order to return to the team. This is according to multiple reports. He's got to apologize and condemn the movie. He's got to make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, which is interesting because he already made a $500,000 donation, and that organization returned it. And said, we're not going to be used as the PR tool here in order to help Kyrie repair his image. Kudos to them. Uh, They're requiring sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training. They want him to meet with ADL and Jewish leaders. And then they want him to meet with NET's owner, Josiah, to demonstrate his understanding of his training and his new perspective and new learnings. I'm not a huge betting man, but based on the Kyrie Irving that I've seen, do you really see him going through all of those steps? Nope. Do you really see him owning this and saying, I'm going to be remorseful? So if I'm Joe Psy, I have my lawyers working around the clock and trying to find: is there a morality clause in? Kyrie Irving's contract. Is there something that says if he taints my brand and the NBA's brand, I can part ways with him much like we've seen with whether it's Lance Armstrong or Trevor Bauer or, uh, you know, other athletes who have found themselves in trouble, who have tainted the brands of the brands they've been associated with. I mean, Phil Nicholson has lost all of his sponsors uh, you know, there's a long list of people who have lost sponsors for what they've said or done. You would think there's a morality clause. And if there's not, there should be in all future contracts for athletes. I mean, we've seen the Nikes and Adidases of the world put those into contracts as standard language, but athlete contracts with their teams and with their leagues and frankly, with the Players Association should have morality clauses that give people the opt out if there's something like this, but Kyrie Irving has not learned. Um, You can throw money at things. That's great. That helps things. But if you don't change your beliefs and who you are as a person, then throwing money at things is just window dressing. It's just, like I said, it's a PR tool. And again, kudos to the organization that returned the 500 grand that he donated previously, because they were just being used as a tool for his PR repair of his, of his image, but I'm going to be watching this closely. I think this is going to set a precedent with other athletes who may cause damage to the brand of their team or league. Nike has, you know, suspended their partnership with Kyrie and he has one of their highest selling shoes because he has cool colorways and things like that. So, um, I would expect his other partners to probably suspend or terminate their relationships with him. But, you know, here's a guy making 30 plus million dollars. He's one distraction after the next. Steve Nash is gone as the coach. You're talking about hiring MA Udoka, who has his own controversies around him that he may bring from the Celtics. The Nets are a mess of an organization. And, Kyrie is kind of at the center of a lot of this. So I won't be surprised if Kyrie doesn't play a game again this season. And I wouldn't be completely shocked, Rick, if if he's done. I mean, he may just not be worth the headache at this point. Super talented player. I don't know. You know, a lot of people have said, oh, they'll just trade him to the Lakers. <laughs> Do the Lakers want to take on this headache? Do they want someone? I mean, look, let's just call it as it is. Two of the largest uh, markets for Jewish leaders in the country are New York, where the Brooklyn Nets play, and Los Angeles, where the Lakers play and the Clippers play. So in either market, he's going to be condemned. There's going to be controversy that follows him, as there should be. I just don't see where he could go play where they'd be like, oh, okay, we'll just forgive everything and forget and we'll move on with business as usual. I just don't see that happening here.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, every season he's yet to play a full season in in NBA. I mean, he's out every year and most of those aren't because of injury (laughs) they're because of his, you know, off the court antics and, you know, other teams looking at him. Do you want a star player that's not going to play a whole season? Probably not. That's not a good look. You want a star player that's going to come and, you know, taint your brand and do all this PR nightmare stuff? Probably not. I mean, I know we know Jeannie Buss. We've had her on the show a couple of times. I don't see her taken. I mean, she's a smart, smart woman. I would
0: be really, really shocked. Right. I would be really, really shocked.
1: Yeah. So I just uh, and and like you said in the first one, your take here, it's like. He's not just a single guy. He's hurting this whole team. He's hurting his teammates. He's hurting the brand. He's hurting. There's so many people that he, you know, layers he's hurting with these decisions he's making. So it's just, uh, it's uh, par for the course for him, sadly. And it's not good.
0: Well, even someone like Kevin Durant gets dragged into this, right? They ask him about it. If right. he doesn't say the right thing, then he's got to clarify <laughs> like he did on Twitter. Yep. and. So you're putting your teammates in front of this controversy as well, and I'm sure they don't appreciate that. But here's the moral of the story for everyone listening to this. Your brand, your personal brand ties to your employer's brand, whether you like it or not. If you tweet out something or you like something or you retweet something on social media, if it's controversial, your employer is probably going to have to address it at some point. And you're not making $30 million a year, I'm assuming. Maybe you are. If you are, kudos. <laughs> but it's going to be a lot easier to cut ties with you right. than it is with Kyrie Irving. So understand this isn't just about you and your beliefs and your actions and your uh, you know, what you do on social media. This is also about your employers and the people around you who, like I said, like Kevin Durant or Steve Nash when he was there or Joe Josiah or Sean Marks, they have to answer questions about this all because Kyrie tied himself to this appalling documentary that is not based in fact. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, if I'm anyone watching this situation, I make sure at my company or my team or my league or my brand that my social media policies are very clear. I mean, I think the stat I saw is that only 27% of all companies in America have social media policies. Wow. Are you kidding me? Like, would you let someone get behind the wheel of a car without giving them some policies or some training? No, heck not. Why would you let someone get behind the wheel of social media or the computer or texting or email without giving them the guidelines of here's what's expected of you while you're employed by this company? For instance, a like or a retweet is seen as an endorsement or is seen as promotion. I, I just think people need to get their heads around that a little bit more. And there need to be very clear, concise rules and regulations there, Griggs. And and again, I'm surprised that more companies forget about the Nets or the MBA, more companies don't have policies. And, and by the way, you've got young people working for companies. And I'm not saying old people don't make mistakes too, but the young people are constantly on social media. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you're going to make a mistake. So you need to know what the rules and the guardrails are so that you don't hopefully make those same mistakes and taint the brand of the brands that you're associated with.
1: That's a shockingly low percentage, 27%. That's crazy. I mean, uh, with all the huge corporations and businesses and small ones too, you feel like it'd be higher than that. And like you said earlier too, the morality clauses have got to be a part of every contract from now on. I mean, they just have to be.
0: I completely agree and I think we're way beyond the days of the players arguing well no that's you know too strict and too stringent no we have case study after case study showing that athletes have damaged the brands of some of these companies that they've been tied to and if they do that in the future the companies or the teams or the leagues need to be able to avoid those contracts so again josiah is a very wealthy person I'm pretty sure he's probably got his lawyers and look, you know, Adam Silver wanted to come out and uh, do some stuff. I'm sure as well. He he did come out with a statement, um, but whether it's the league or the team, they should be able to do this. And, and by the way, I don't want to just sound like I'm honing in on the players here. I, I've said this on past shows, recent shows, these owners, your Dan Snyder's and your Robert Sarver's. Yeah. They need to be vetted better too, right? This isn't just a player thing. This isn't just a coach thing. This is ownership too. And if owners screw up, they need to be held accountable or they need to be forced to sell their team. So this is across the board. Um, And oh, by the way, the rules Need to be updated regularly (laughs) because guess what? Social media, it changes. It evolves (laughs) constantly. We can't just say, oh, we wrote the guidelines 10 years ago and, you know, things are relatively the same today as they were 10 years ago. No, they're not. No. I mean, what are we in 2022 In, in 2008, 2009, social media was just starting. I mean, we're talking like 13, 14 years ago. That's not that long ago. Yeah social media was just starting. So things have evolved and developed. I mean, I would say that Twitter is evolving right now or sinking one of the two, but it's changing drastically under new ownership and leadership. So things are constantly evolving. You have to evolve with the platforms that are evolving and you have to update your employees on the guidelines accordingly. And if you don't, then shame on you they can come back and say well you know what maybe this was common sense but you never put it in writing and and you know i should still be paid like this should be done for liability purposes as much as anything else i i know i have some lawyers that listen to this show some sports lawyers and and you know i'm sure they agree with me like you got to cover your ass and and um, you need to put the training in place and, and put these clauses in the contracts.
1: Sadly, common sense is no longer uh common sense, right? People don't get it.
0: It's not. And and you know, many, many people, even billionaire owners of these teams, will say, Well, you never told me this, or you know, you never said that, or that wasn't in writing anywhere. And that's a loophole. Well, come on. Yeah. Again, if you're a team owner. And and I think there are some team owners that know this really like you're the custodian of the community's most prized asset right. and cherished asset. You are one of several people who have owned the team over time. You're, you're really just the custodian and the owners that understand that, that you're, you're taking care of this treasured asset. That's part of the community that you play in those are the owners that get it the ones that come in and think oh this is an asset on a spreadsheet or you know i'm going to take this and increase the value and spin it off in 5 years or 10 years or you know we don't have to protect the integrity of the asset like come on that that's not what you should be doing but sadly enough in a lot of cases it has to be spelled
1: out yeah that's the sad part of our current world is you have to write it all out or people don't yeah. get it they just don't it's not there in the brain we're like i shouldn't say that i shouldn't tweet that it just doesn't people don't think about it
0: yeah well someone who gets it and is very candid with what he gets adrian gonzalez former major league baseball player now a serial entrepreneur he's going to join me next you're listening to sports business radio we'll be right back When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire inside tracker store. Just go to inside forward slash SBR. That's inside forward slash SBR. My guest is Adrian Gonzalez, Olympian former Major League Baseball first baseman with the Rangers, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Mets. He was the number one overall pick in the 2000 MLB draft. He's now a serial entrepreneur and one of the founders of Five MX Adrian, thanks for joining me on sports business radio how are you
2: I'm doing well I'm doing well thank you thanks for having me on
0: yeah I was just saying uh, for those who watch this on our YouTube channel, Adrian has one of the best real backdrops of anyone I've ever interviewed on this show. You must be joining me from Los Angeles I'm assuming
2: I am here in Los Angeles yeah no this is uh, this is my favorite spot to uh, to take calls with, with this tree in the background here so it's uh you know, right now, the noise out here is is, is kind of quiet other than the crows. So, you know, overall, uh, you know, I feel good about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks great. I'm jealous. All right, let's start by what is 5MX? I mean, you're a serial entrepreneur. What's 5MX and what are you uh, investing in?
2: So 5MX is a tech development company. Uh, we develop apps for what we call AACs, which is athletes, artists, and celebrities. Uh, so they can monetize their social media currency. Um, is the best way to describe it. Uh, you know, there's been there, there's been a, a, a big trend lately this year on, on articles of, 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 you know, companies that are doing this where you're creating an app, an individual app for for the people that have a large following on social media uh, so they can bring their community that that tight niche community that are that are the, the serious followers of that person or individual and um and and that way you can bring them on and, and be be more intimate with them and, and 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 not not be under the the algorithms and and everything else that comes with the social media world right and um, and then that these people have have a direct access to you and what you're doing and what you're about and up and coming news and uh merchandise sales and memorabilia sales and 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 all the stuff that you're doing on 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 the foundation or um, you know, being out and about in the community and, and doing good things in the community. So just bring everything into one spot and, and have that, that whole universe of that individual, you know, in one spot.
0: I asked this a lot of the guests on this show. At what point during your playing career did you start thinking about post-career and things like this being a serial entrepreneur?
2: Um, well, for, for me, honestly, it happened when I got traded to the Dodgers, uh, Lon Rosen, uh, who's, uh, who's there with the Dodgers, uh, you know, just having, having a lot of conversations with him. And he gave me a lot of examples of what Magic Johnson was able to do. Right. Uh, Um, and so just those conversations and being around people that, that, that understand the business world, uh, all the way up until, you know, Boston, I was so focused on baseball and just, you know, you know, my baseball career, but then when I got to the Dodgers and I had people around me that were successful off the field or off the court or, you know, on, on the side of, of what their sport was doing and you started looking at these opportunities. And, uh, and my first, uh, you know, investment was, was in Jersey Mike's uh, as, as a partner in the franchise, uh, franchise stores. And from there on out, just started looking at opportunities and uh, and this opportunity came about and, and, and being that it hit home with, with the way that uh, in baseball, the the players aren't really you. Being able to monetize is great. Uh, you know, they're, what, what they do off the field, uh, it seemed like a great, a great company to, get, uh, to, to, to you know, get, get into it and, and be, a, be one of the founders.
0: Explain that to me. You know, I, I feel like baseball, more than any other sport, we don't really know the human side of the players. I don't know much about Mike Trout. I don't know much about Mookie Betts. Some of the best players in the game. On the other hand, you know, I come from the NBA. I have an NBA background. I feel like I know like the 10th guy on the bench and, and what he's doing more than I know Mike Trout. How can baseball help introduce the human side of the players better to the public?
2: Well, the best way is to, is, is, is to uh, you know, to come on board and, and let us do apps for, for Mike Trout and all these players. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, you know, you know, what really happens uh, is, is that in the NBA, I think the best thing that the NBA does is when they're promoting So the, the Lakers, right? When the Lakers are promoting their team, they're not promoting Lakers. They're promoting LeBron. Mm-hmm. And they're promoting the players that they have and, and, and the stuff that they're doing. So when, when you go as a fan, you are connected to the player. Um, the one thing that, the, that MLB does a really poor job of is that, you know, for every team, every organization focuses on the, the organization and the team not the players. So when the fans go, they go, you know, they, they want the fans to go see the team, but not the players, because there's so much movement, I guess, that's, maybe that's their mentality behind it. There's so much movement in, 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 in players. But, you know, the, the fans really want to go see the players, but all the promotion, all, all, all the advertising, everything is focused on the team name. And, uh, and I think that's, 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 the, that's the problem, and that's why Mike Trout hasn't, you know, companies out there are, are, are wanting to have Mike Trout be on commercials and do all this stuff. But if they want Mike Trout using a, a, an Angels jersey, it's going to cost the company over a million dollars. And Mike Trout's probably only going to get $150,000 out of that, right? Wow. So the companies are, are going to be like, no, I don't want to do that, right? Because M- MLB does a really poor job. They want, to, they want to take all the money in for themselves. And and at the end of the day, you you end up not getting the player.
0: Wow. I mean, I look at what Bryce Harper is doing right now. and. I mean, he's acting like the best player in baseball. He's certainly having his moment during these playoffs. He's a marketable guy. He's personable. He gets excited about things. And I'm like, why is this guy not in any national commercials like we see with LeBron or uh, Tom Brady or, or some of these other players out there?
2: Yeah, he should be. You know, he should be. And, and, and a lot of the times that the, the, the commercials want to use the, the jersey and, 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 you know, show that the, it's a Phillies player. Um, you know, and uh, and and MLB is going to take a huge chunk of that, and that'll cut into the budget that that these commercials have, and all of a sudden, you don't get it.
0: that's really interesting. So I never really knew that that you're you're basically saying that MLB makes it more difficult with the licensing in order if a player wants to wear his real jersey or you know team gear in a commercial, they're wanting to take a big part of that, and that's maybe why these commercials don't happen.
2: Exactly. No, that's definitely that's definitely. I I know personally. For me, you know, there's there's multiple times when when brands would go and uh, and when I found out later on what what the team charged versus what I got, and and you know the the sponsors really just want the player. They're they're not really worried about you know the name of the jersey. They just want to be able to show in the commercial that it is a a baseball player because maybe a lot of people don't know the face. And uh, but you know. well, I found out that, you know, there was times that I did commercials where, um, you know, the, what the team got was eight to ten times what I got.
0: Huh. So how from where you sit running your company can you convince Major League Baseball, look, you're hurting the brand of the player and you're also hurting Major League Baseball by making it so difficult to showcase the team and the player in these commercials?
2: Um, I mean, I, I think the best way to, you know, that, that, that I would convince them is let's do a team app uh, where we have all the players and then the fans can go to that team app and then they can go into each individual app from each individual player and, and they get to get to know the players uh, through that. Um, and that way you're promoting the team, but at the same time, the players have the ability to promote themselves and and, and put a bunch of, you know, unique content, uh, on their apps and, and the fans can really know how to engage, uh, or be able to engage with these players on a more personal level. You know, uh, teams, teams are always telling you to stay away from Instagram, stay away from Twitter, stay away from all these social media stuff, because of the fact that if you, if you say one wrong thing or do one wrong thing, all of a sudden the world comes at you, um, when you're in the more intimate, uh, space within your app. And every person has has to, you know, put, put their information in order to join the app. All of a sudden, you know, the, the, the people that are out there, you know, just crawling and trying to say negative things aren't aren't there anymore because now now there is an email and there's a person behind each comment and uh and so you can curate that um and and before anything is posted on the app you know it has to go through 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 a couple different screening processes so nothing that is going to be controversial you know if there is something that is controversial that might get posted it it might get ran back to the to the player and be like hey are you sure you want to post this because this could have a negative impact on your image you know and at that point that that player can make a more educated uh you know uh, choice. So uh, there's, there's many ways to control that. And, 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 you know, we know the social media world, especially with athletes, you, you, you make one mistake, you, you fail one time and all of a sudden everybody's after you. Uh, you know, when you have your own individual app, it's, it's really your true fans and they're going to support you, whether you, you, you know, you hit that home run in, in game seven, of the world series, or you strike out. And so um, I think the best way is, is to just be able to uh, you know, have these, these players be able to have their own individual app, you know, do their you, you talk about being able to show the world like what their routine is, you know, before every game, mm-hmm. you know, what what drills they do, all that stuff is unique content that is theirs and, and they can put it up on on their app and, and that could be the stuff that, you know, really the fans would really be attracted to.
0: Well, and I feel like, and if you look at the numbers, the demo for Major League Baseball is pretty old. So what do you do to get the younger fans engaged? And a lot of it is through apps and social media. That's where the young people are. I have a daughter who's a teen. She's not sitting and watching a two or three hour sporting event. She's on watching the highlights. She's looking and seeing how you prepare for the game or how you train or things like that. So I feel like Major League Baseball maybe needs to do a little bit better of a job of you know reaching that younger demo.
2: Yeah, I mean you know you know the the, the new tech world, the, the the new generation, they're they're all about techs and apps and and, and, and unique uh, content, and so this is what we can provide. Right, our, our app provides unique content to 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 the to its followers and and people follow and then they 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 get on and and. and you know, when they fall in love with the player, they're going to buy the shirt and when they're going to buy their hat and they're going to, and they're going to, and, and it's not team licensed stuff. It's, it's their own personal brand that, that you're putting out there. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I feel like this is, this is the way for the, for players to connect with their fans um, on a more intimate basis. And so, you know, I, I feel like Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all these are great to do and, and, and to build your image and, and, and to, to, get, to get people to know you. Um, But those people that are really following you, you know, the app is is, is where it's at for them.
1: You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here.
0: Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting and most comfortable performance driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering sports business radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to r h o n e. R-H-O-N-E.com and enter code SBR15 at checkout. Like Sports Business Radio 15, SBR15 at checkout. Receive 15% off your purchase. That's r h o n e. R-H-O-N-E.com and enter
1: promo code SBR15 at checkout. Now back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger.
0: All right, let's talk about the Los Angeles Innovation Conference. It's the first of its kind in the LA area. It's coming up on November 9th. I know you're involved on a panel. Tell us a little bit about the conference.
2: Yeah, it's a conference uh, you know for athletes in the business world, and uh, you know it's it's you know it's exciting for me because I get to talk about different things that you know I'm doing, and I get to see other other panelists that are going to be on there and see what they're doing, and and just you know talk about how baseball or whatever sport you end up playing whether you know there's going to be some college athletes there as well and i can i can share some knowledge on them that the you know especially the college athletes they think that right now that their sport they're in is is, is, is all there is um but i'm really looking forward to being able to to tell people like you know we, we play the sport for what seems a lifetime, but it ends up being really a, a very short part of, of our, of our life. And so, that you know, we have to do, do other things, uh, after our career and, and, you know, athletes are one of the few that retire and, and when you retire, you start a whole new career up and, and, uh, and, and most of the times so if you've had a successful career, it's, you know, you're, you're in late thirties, early forties, and you're still young and you're still, you know, wanting to do things. And, um, what better way to set, set than setting yourself up in different business, uh, you know, ventures that that can keep keep your brain moving, keep keep your, you know your your adrenaline going, and 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 keep you active.
0: Yeah, your panel is in the YouTube Theater at SoFi Stadium. I love that facility. I went there for Super Bowl with the Rams and the the Bengals and saw it for the first time. And gosh, that's a, a beautiful facility. But you've got uh, Meta World Peace, Josh Childress uh, Angela Huckley's, you've got some really good people on your panel. I'm sure that's going to be one of the highlights of the day.
2: Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, glad and, and, and thankful to be a part of the panel there and, uh, and just, you know, talk about my experiences really, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, when you talk about the things that you've lived through and the things that you've done and, and your experiences, hopefully that motivates somebody else to to go out there and, and, and be active and, and, and do things in the business world outside of, of the sport that they're playing.
0: And I know if people go to, la sports.org. And they look for the innovation conference. Uh, They can sign up and and get a ticket. And I guess at the end of the day, you even get like a VIP tour of SoFi stadium. That would be
2: pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been to SoFi to watch games, but I've never, never uh, done a VIP tour. So that'd be cool. All
0: right. I got to ask you some baseball stuff before Mm -hmm. I let you go. So, all right. I'm watching the new format for the major league baseball playoffs. And it's interesting. I mean, you've got the Phillies, the the sixth seed and the NL who made it to the World Series. You've got the Dodgers who won 111 games, who got ousted before the NLCS. What do you think of the new format? And do you think it penalizes or makes it tougher for the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, the teams that have a really good regular season?
2: I personally don't mind the format. I think there is... um there isn't enough punishment for the teams that are the wild cards. Um, So if I was commissioner for the day or, you know, for the year, I would, I would make the wild card teams not have any days off after the end of the season and then no days off before the NL uh, DS series. So basically they would go end of the season, three straight games or two best, you know, two out of three, three straight games. They win the first two, then they get a day off. That's the reward. But uh, three straight games and then have to travel after the third game and go play game one of the NLDS uh, that that mm-hmm. accomplish two things. It, it makes the, the, the break for the teams that get the buy only be three days versus the five or six that they got, which is really detrimental to baseball. Uh, or to, you know, to, to playing the game and, and timing and everything that goes with, with, with what you need. And it makes it a, an extreme grind for the end of wild cards or, or the wild card teams that, that do advance. It's been a grind to have to go to the end of the season, play the three games and mm-hmm. then go right to the end of the S. They can't set up their pitching. Their bullpen's going to be taxed. You know, that that makes that makes it a punishment for not winning the division. Um, and I think that 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 eliminates that the 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 remark or the or, or the thought of you know there is no no benefit to to getting a buy there's actually you know negative something to getting a buy this one this way it would be a, a benefit to getting a buy and it would be a negative to being the wild card
0: i know you do tv for the dodgers why do the dodgers always have great regular seasons but then they have a tough time in the postseason i know they broke through during the pandemic but all these other years, like, they get to the postseason and they just can't get over the mountain.
2: Um, you know, that's that's a really tough question to answer because every year is different. Right. And so not, you know, generalize 10 years of success and only winning one World Series into why, you know, it is because every year has been a different roster. It's been a different team. Um, my The biggest reason why, in my opinion, teams – win a world series i'm not gonna say lose but why teams win a world series is because uh in my opinion the teams that are structured to win in the playoffs have uh two or three great starters two really good back-end guys and a really good closer Hmm. and um and their lineup puts the ball in play and so home runs are going to be hit because home runs are hit you know in the playoffs but the teams that don't strike out in the playoffs, in my opinion, are the ones that um, have the most success. And 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 strikeouts are a big part of, of rallies and, and getting runs in when they need to be driven in. So, um, you know, I, I see it. You know, you see the Astros. These guys don't strike out. They put the ball in play. Um, and that's why they, they tend to be in the World Series quite often. And uh, and so to me, and then they have great starters and, and then they, they usually have a really good bullpen in the back end as well.
1: You
0: played for the Dodgers and the Padres. This looks like it's going to be an exciting rivalry for years to come. Juan Soto now with the Padres. What do you think about that rivalry since you're, you're based in Southern California?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great rivalry. I think it, it, it builds up baseball here in Southern California and, uh, and, it, and it makes it fun for all the fans. Um, it's nice to see that the, that the Padres ownership is willing to put money into the team so they can, so they can play and have, uh, you know, the level at the same, you know, the same type of talent as the Dodgers can have with with their ownership. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be fun, uh, you know, as, as, as long as the two teams can stay competitive and and keep bringing on, uh, some of the best players in the game.
0: All right. I'm going to go back to what you said a few minutes ago, where you're commissioner for the day, I'm going to make you commissioner of the day. Do we put a team in Mexico city?
2: Um yeah I mean I think you can absolutely uh you know I don't know I, I wouldn't be able to sit here and say what team you take away uh from 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 the US there. um but uh I I definitely think that the, the logi- logistic part of it uh I know the stadium in Mexico City is insane um but uh but yeah you can definitely do it if 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 that was uh you know what you wanted to do the only thing is obviously would be you know the price of of admission in Mexico City would be a lot lower than than it would be in the US
0: yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you're MLB commissioner for the day, is there any other things that you look at? You know, they've, they've done some things recently with the playoff format. Uh, you got the ghost runner on second and in extra innings. You've got this pitch clock. What do you like, or what would you change?
2: I hate the ghost runner on second. Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of people do the purists do right.
2: That's to me. That's absurd. I can't even believe somebody thought of that and thought it would be a good idea. Um, pitch clock, I don't mind. I think it's fine. Anything that speeds the game up that doesn't uh, change anything, um, is fine. I I would definitely go with the automatic strike zones, uh, you know, because it eliminates that, that pitcher or the hitter that are, uh, you know, getting mad at the umpire and and taking their time because they, they're mad at the, at the call. Um, you know, if if they don't like the call, what are they going to argue with the system? Um, you know, so that'll 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 make the game speed up a little bit. Uh, one thing I did say, ta- I did say, because some of the data shows that the, the fans that go to the stadium um, don't mind the, the game being three hours long, uh, but the people on on TV mind the game being three hours long or mm. three and a half, right? And so um, one thing I did I did suggest was was to start the games at six thirty instead of seven but start the broadcast at seven o'clock and do a, uh, a, a, the first three innings or the first 30 minutes be, be a quick recap, you know, pitch by pitch without breaks. You can, you can edit it. So it's just one, blah, 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 blah. And then you caught, you catch up to the game somewhere around the third, fourth inning. And then when you, when you're on TV, you only watch fourth inning on. Uh, but in person you go, you get there at six 30 and you watch the whole game. That's so,
0: interesting. Uh, That's really interesting.
2: You know, that's one thing that I suggested that, uh, but, you know, they want their, their commercials. So <laughs> it's yeah,
0: <a> <laughs> Yeah, it is definitely a business. All right, the Los Angeles Innovation Conference. Again, the first of its kind in the LA area. It's on November 9th. You can see Adrian there. It's at SoFi Stadium, YouTube Theater. Get your tickets at lasports.org and look for the Innovation Conference on that website. You can get your ticket there. Adrian, it's great to talk to you. Best of luck with uh, all of your investments and everything that you have going on. I appreciate you joining me on Sports Business Radio.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on.
0: This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy app ever released and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today, we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, no long-term commitment. Just sign up using promo code SBR, and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play Underdog Fantasy on the Underdog Fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick 'em contest where I can bet the over under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the Best Ball Mania 3 contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season no waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing go to Underdog Fantasy. Download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio. Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio. CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.
1: This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter, at SB Radio, Instagram, at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.